Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello and welcome back. Lovely that you've joined me once again. You're listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. I've tried with this autumn series to demystify garden design for people a little bit or at least challenge what you thought garden designing was or is and doing it my way because that's the way that I know how to do it hopefully having designed the number of gardens for people around the world that I have that it's a it's a process that that works I've always found listening to information on the internet sometimes overwhelming because what I'm being told is how to create something that somebody else has designed rather than being able to apply it in my own space. So I hope, I hope that what I've been doing for this short series is helping you apply principles to your own backyard, back garden or front gardens. And this week I wanted to talk about styling. Everybody has an image in their head of the garden that they would love to have. I've got an image in my head of the garden I would love to have. Does my garden deliver it? In some respects, yes, it's now starting to, and in others, it it isn't. But that's because I didn't deal with the negatives before I started planning the garden. So those issues are still there with me. And for those of you who have sat and listened through all of these podcast series, I admire your dedication. Thank you very much. But you will all know that my fundamental principle is do the negative. Reducing negatives produces positives. And we don't need to add things into a garden and spend money or huge amounts of money making massive changes to gardens when we can make smaller changes and improve a garden. That to me is a better design than just throwing a whole load of money at it. But this is the starting point for most people when they get in touch with me or you're looking at making any changes to your gardens is that people come with a styling. There's lots of words that we hear, aren't we? There's cottage, contemporary, romantic, tropical, Mediterranean, architectural, seaside gardens, minimalistic gardens, courtyard gardens, balcony gardens. I mean, just there's a whole species of, of design styles, for want of a better term. And you will look at your backyard space, your back garden space, and apply a style that you want to have. That's fine. That's your heart. What we now have to do is tally the head and the heart together. Like I said five, four or five podcasts ago, I try and design the garden that's inside your head and try and get that out 
onto paper and into a format that you can see and understand and then go and create. But the problem with looking at a style is that then the decisions that you make are dependent on achieving the styling rather than necessarily looking at the design and your garden and eliminating the negatives. It is fine to adapt the styling to the space that you have for the right reasons. But what tends to happen is people impose the styling on the space. And that's where we all start to get the garden problems and, and it doesn't work and you end up with far too much maintenance and chores and things that you don't want to have to do. So if you choose a style, you have to adapt the style to your garden's requirements, not the other way around. Again, it's all about what, when, why, what happens, what's the worst that can happen, what if, what will Mother Nature do, how will Mother Nature mess up my style? And if I've solved and dealt with those issues and problems, then you are eliminating the negatives to help you make your garden better. But actually, that panoply of words, cottage, contemporary, this, that and the other, is a little confusing because there are actually three basic garden styles to which we add flimflam and the frou-frou and the, the finishing touches. That's the romantic bit, the bit in your heart, the bit that you want to achieve. And so what you actually need to look at is not say, I want a modern, I want a contemporary, I want a tropical, I want a this garden. It's actually a little deeper than that. And we're just gonna go into it right now. There are three basic styles your garden can have. Geometric, formal, or informal. Think of it like your, the, the, the layout, the bones of the garden are good underwear, okay? You can dress anything on top of good underwear and it will look good. You just have to get the underwear right. And you have to know why you're choosing one of those three basic garden styles. So what are they? Geometric, formal and informal. Geometric design is, as it sounds, angular and at odds with the maybe the layout of your boundaries. It's all about pushing the orientation of your garden in a different way. Now, I have created some YouTube videos, which you can find, I'll put the link at the end of this podcast to them, where I've tried to draw and you can see, because obviously it's a lot harder to try and describe these styles, but if you see it, a picture speaks a thousand words, so go and have a quick look. The idea behind a geometric garden works well when you are trying to hide and disguise boundaries or orientations or you want the lines that your 
looking at the focal points that you're trying to create in your garden are different to the, the orientation of the boundaries. You use a geometric design to help make a garden feel wider, to disguise ugly views. If the things outside the garden are elements that you can't change and are less attractive, you make a much more bold and imposing statement in your own garden. So you might set angles of paths and lawns at unusual angles to the orientation of your fence or your house. You might step through some plants to get to your patio. It's all about challenging the norm. It's all about trying to create different vistas and different shapes that you look out on so that you don't notice other things. Now, they can be straight lines or they can be curves. But the idea is that if you sit in the garden, you see a, your main orientation line may go round a corner somewhere. But the important part of that is that there would be something stopping you seeing around the corner. It gives the impression the garden's gone somewhere or that it invites you to walk down into it. So geometric's very much about bold, being different and stamping your authority, your design, your layout on a space. Consequently, if you're producing a geometric garden, those lines need to be really clearly defined and maintain that clear definition. Because if you lose the lines, it becomes a bit of a muddle and a mess. You don't understand what the lines are telling you to do. The reason that we that I'm, I'm talking about lines as being important is that that's what we follow. When we look at things, we follow movement and we look down lines. So if you see, you know, like if the train line goes into the distance, you will look to that the point on the horizon as far as you can see the line. So if we have some really strong definitive design lines, we need to see those. So it's all about saying, this is my garden and it's it's flipped, it's twisted, it's disorientated from my surroundings. I'm offsetting lines and angles because it's going to make the garden wider, it's hiding things, it's making me look somewhere that I want to look. Now, the planting, you can have in a geometric garden a very soft, floaty, romantic, wifty, wafty, wobbly, wavy planting, very romantic scheme. Or you can have really strong architectural shapes that maybe contrast with straight lines. You have clipped topiary. You can see what I mean about the underwear. You can have different feels to the basic styling. So what are formal gardens? The main feature of a formal garden is symmetry. It's symmetry and it's a, a root, there's an order, there's a plan, there's a layout, it feels very regular. There may be one defined shape that you repeat. It could be rectangular, it could be octagonal, it could be circular. But this formal garden, if you looked at it from 
on top down, there's lots of familiar shapes and they link together in, a, in an ordered way. Now, it can be quite modern in the sense that it doesn't have to look like a Renaissance garden or those Italian gardens with lots of pools and straight lines and everything else. You can, you can modernise those shapes. You could have circles linked with paths, for example, and planting in between but the point is you'll see the circles are ordered you know ordered it feels structured you walk around the garden there's different flavors as you go to a different part of the garden you're looking for symmetry so you can put a formal garden in a weird shaped space because that would that regularity, that symmetry will can be made to fit the odd-shaped garden and you use bigger planting to hide the weird angles of the rest of the garden and you can create a sense of symmetry and formality in a smaller space. It's a question of what you like. Once again, that symmetry needs to be maintained. That's the key, that's the underpinning of the design. It's what you want to be able to see. If, for example, you had circular lawns, you want to be able to maintain those circles as a, as a regular shape. So how are you going to edge them so that it makes that easy to do? If you've got straight lines and angles, how are you going to keep those crisp and sharp? Because the whole overview needs that. Once again, you can apply different levels of informality to the planting in a formal garden. But one of the things that you would always do is have a lot of repetition. So that if I've got different areas that I'm going to walk through in the garden, there are familiar plants. Each time I come into a new area, there will be maybe some different plants, but there will be some familiar punctuation points. It could be like topiary, or it can be a particular colour, or it can be the same pot. But you repeat something. So there is a sense of familiarity and order. And as you walk through the garden, it feels joined together. Again, the planting, you could be a bit more architectural. It could be one really structural architectural plant that, again, appears all the way through. But it's that repetition, it's that ease of mind, it's something that you can look at. And it, it's an unnatural garden in the sense that nature doesn't do that sort of level of symmetry. But in a lot of spaces, it can feel very calming. It can feel very empowering it can feel all sorts of things but you need to have symmetry it's balanced lastly there are informal gardens but what informal gardens aren't are wibbly wobbly all an informal garden is is one that doesn't have a clearly defined symmetry it doesn't have a clearly defined line maybe or it might have a clearly defined line it might just be a curve one curve that takes the lawn in a certain way but you haven't got this sense of 
order in terms of how things are structured. It's a bit more free-flowing. It may be that more of the garden's on one side and the lawn's on one side and the planting's on the other side. It may be that the garden, because of the topography of the land, that the lawn sweeps down and round a corner and you've got different layers of planting. You want to walk around it. There's no formal structure maybe there might be a stepping stone path it might be a grass path but there's not really the hard landscaping that's taking you from point to point to point but you've allowed shapes to flow but not wobble if you think of how a river flows a river does not flow through the landscape a flat landscape in a wobbly wibbly way it will flow through the landscape according to the topography it might go round an obstacle and then meander another way but it doesn't wibble wobble so you want to have clean sweeping lines as much as possible but you can put in circles or half circles or ovals or no particular defined shape it just feels a bit more natural you can have grass paths mown through long grass but it doesn't mean that you can't have a contemporary planting because that would be a contrast to this unstructured look of the garden that all of a sudden you've got a border that's really quite clipped and topiary and structured. So you can see that when we get caught up talking about styles, you end up making decisions about the plants that you think you should put in. And actually, you just need to determine the layout the planting goes on top and obviously if you're stuck with planting and all that sort of thing then I've got the planting plans and various things on my website to give you some ideas of the kind of things that you can do but if your bones are right if your underwear is right you can wear so many different styles in the same garden and if you look at the video hopefully that will bring that to light a little more it's a lot harder to explain it audio rather than uh, visually. So take a look at the video and I hope that that will give you some idea as to the three basic styles that a small backyard or a small garden can have. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye for now. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.